Gill. Hello, sports fans. Whoa, hello there. Local sports, national sports. The GCAT has got you covered. Oh, you made a wise choice, my friend. Time to tee it up and let it fly. It's the Sports Hangover with Gus Kattengill. Check it out, George. Hello, amigos. It is Tuesday, December 14th at GCAT underscore one seven. The way to tweet at me to tweet the show. Very simple. At ESPN Radio NOLA is the way to do so as well. Our questions of the day will be posted there. Jordan, the intern, will do so. And I promise you, next week we'll actually hear from him and we'll see him in person. He's got finals this week. So, um... Good luck to you, buddy, especially that French final. We are going to test him, though, right, buddy? We're going to test that French knowledge here when we see him next week. Got a handful of topics to throw at you today. No games for the Pelicans today or Saints, obviously, as it is the day off for the Houdats. That said, we have fresh Sean Payton. He spoke yesterday afternoon. Also sent Eric McCoy and defensive end Marcus Davenport were available. So we'll have what they have to say, not only about the win, Really where they feel the team is right now and Sean's thoughts uh, about the not only the win, but, but where they are. And more importantly, too, I, I think it is kind of interesting. We touched on it yesterday when we spoke about the game coming up on Sunday, Sunday night, the Sunday night game over on NBC. And I, I thought it was interesting that, yes, they are an 11-point underdog. Sean touched on that a bit yesterday. I don't think... I'm pretty sure that's something that I'm not going to bring up. Like, hey, guys, we're, you know, no one's respecting us. Ah, the old disrespect thing. I don't know if I completely buy that. Um, it is interesting, though, he did touch on, and we're going to play that here in the opening segment, as to things of that nature, the, the point spread or who's favored and not, and his thoughts on it. And I think it's a very good answer. He's understanding as to why that is the case. So we'll touch on that. Obviously, his thoughts as to why he was confident as well when he went into the game in New York on Sunday. It's it's a common sense answer, actually, to be honest with you. So we'll hear from Coach Payton, Davenport, and McCoy here in this segment. Next segment, we're going to speak with Luke Johnson. And he just normally joins us over at uh, 12.15 on Tuesdays. Luke's going to step in. And we'll talk uh, his thoughts on the upcoming game. And really, some interesting things when you look at the history of Tom Brady in Tampa against the Saints. He hasn't been very successful. He's thrown interceptions on, I think, every game. So what is the secret? What is the key to success when it comes to that? Can the Saints pull off the upset? Uh, We'll ask him a little bit about that as well. Coming up at 1230, we'll get the Tampa side of things she works now for the nbc affiliate you know her karen loftus used to be here for channel 26 so we'll, we'll see what it's like to be covering champa bay and, and her thoughts as to is it Aaron rogers is it tom brady for the mvp race again you can just kind of see that being a topic right now especially after sunday's play and game they're going to be competing it looks like perhaps for the top seed over in The NFC, as last night, the Rams, were you surprised by that performance in that game? They went over to Arizona and won there. It's crazy. The Cardinals are much better on the road than they are at home. 30-23 to was the final there. And... I don't know. Do, do, do you think when you see that game, are the are we forgetting about the Rams a bit? I, I think you kind of saw 
the strengths of the Rams in that game. And it starts with Aaron Donald. My goodness, is he not an absolute difference maker? And we'll talk to Eric Alexander about that as well. Micah Parsons for Dallas. Who's the better defensive player right now? Is going to be that guy? I mean, Aaron Donald just makes such a difference, right? I mean, gets holding calls called against him. And if not, he's sacking the quarterback. Or uh, I mean, he ended the game yesterday. He ended the game. Would have been a long shot and a Hail Mary for Kyler Murray. But he ended the game by pressuring him and forcing Kyler Murray to go down. So we'll touch a little bit about that with Eric Alexander here as well. And also an interesting topic, a linebacker. Damon Clark has gotten some recognition for LSU, had an unbelievable finish to this season. And I'm just kind of wondering when you start thinking of the quarterbacks, whether it's Queen over there in Baltimore, Quan Alexander here in New Orleans, his impact. And you saw it again with the just the pressures and the play. He had two sacks. In the game against the Jets, Devin White, who's going to be playing for the Buccaneers, is Clark the next nice linebacker to come out of LSU and go into the NFL? And 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 could he be one of those guys that makes a difference? Obviously, you know, Deion Jones over there in, in Atlanta, you got a handful of them. I, I know they, they were known for a bit for DBU, but should we kind of start looking at them as, as a school that kind of produces a decent linebacker or two every now and then, right? So we'll touch on that with Eric Alexander. He's going to join us at 2.15. In that same hour, we're going to talk with Shemit Dua. Covers your New Orleans Pelicans. And we'll talk to Shemit about uh, yesterday, Trey Murphy and Jackson Hayes played for the squadron, Birmingham. So we'll get his thoughts on that as well. But more importantly... It's what was put out there today. There's a report that the Pelicans could be buyers, not sellers, when it comes to the trade deadline. So I'm going to throw that out there as a question of the day. And we'll give them some of those responses. We're not going to talk to them to 205. But it's a question of the day. Should the Pelicans be buyers or sellers? As we get closer to the trade deadline, which is two months away. Is it too early to kind of look at it right now? I don't know. But Jake Fisher put out there something today. And he wrote that this is the following. The New Orleans Pelicans, while awaiting Zion Williams' season debut, are still expected to be buyers ahead of the trade deadline. With an eye toward competing for the play-in tournament. Third-year forward, Jackson Hayes, the number eight pick in the 19 NBA draft, is now considered available for trade, league sources said. So we'll touch to him about that, but keep that in mind. Again, look, you've heard me sort of say that over the last several weeks. I've been asking. I've asked anyone that covers the team to tell me what is Jackson Hayes's thing like what is he known for what do you want him to be known for you saw him last week in that game against the squadron the athleticism absolutely is is there the potential is there um playing above the rim he had four shot blocks 30 points two games ago at the squadron so is that maybe the hope to try to sell that do you keep him do you like that he's made available or do you say hey look you need to try to make the playoffs one way, shape, or form. Not just to 
I don't want to say appease Zion, but to, to show, as the report says, to just show that you're you're trying to compete and play. Now, granted, I even read that, and the first thing I'm like, well, you got to get on the court first as well. <laughs> so I understand that, but again, that's just a report, so we can we can touch on that um, if you look at that. And then, you know, I'm not saying it's the silly season just yet. We're still in December, and I don't know if this is a good thing or a bad thing, but I was listening to. J-Max and, and, and Key this morning and, and Jay Williams member earlier in the year, everything and anything they got to do to get Zion to New York. Well, he's changed his tune now. I'm trading the whole team for Dame and Ben Simmons. I'd rather start with there and have the, the cupboard be em- empty and then find ways to piecemeal pieces around them. That's absolutely right. Like, I don't understand right. what you guys start with. Where, where are you now? You, so you don't want to trade for it and you just rather not make the playoffs? Guys. No, no, no. I, I, I love I love Lillard. I, I'd be all for that. I just think that New York and Ben Simmons would be an absolute disaster. I'm telling you guys, he's not. he was not utilized the correct way. And I, I get it that there are issues that he had in Philadelphia, and it's easy to say he won't work. If he is coached the right way, if he's paired with the superstar that can relieve him from that he is a great piss, uh, piece to a championship team there it is now now it's about blowing up the knicks and bringing it to other players to it something else the national media look i look at it this way it's a good thing but i did touch on this yesterday on the show what exactly was the value remember lee called uh lee was a caller and said hey you know trade him you know when the news came out about Zion and such. I'm like, okay, what's that value right now? So at least you may not have to hear that for at least a week or so. But yes, that's where they are. Remember last year, the Knicks was the darling of the NBA. Thibodeau was the best coach in the world. The Knicks had the best young pieces. Now it's, they may not make the playoffs and blow it all up. So, but again, towards the Pels here, do you want them to be buyers and sellers? And what is it that you want them to buy? And what are you willing to sell for that? So, Kind of think about that throughout the show. It's a question of the day. You want them to be buyers or sellers, the Pelicans, as they are 8-21 and 21 and will play at OKC tomorrow, who's 8-18. and 18. Okay? So, again, your guest, Luke Johnson, and then we got also Fletcher Mackle coming up at 115. I want to get his thoughts on what I saw this morning. You know him. He's ready for his mock drafts. Yes, I know. It's ridiculous. It's December 14th, but Todd McShay released his mock draft today. <laughs> he did. He released his mock draft today. And the only reason I'm remotely talking about a mock draft is because in the mock draft, your New Orleans Saints were in it. Of course, right? Well, the 32 teams, but specifically this. The topic was top five quarterbacks. He has Kenny Pickett going to the Steelers at 12th with the first quarterback selected. Again, I keep telling you, there's a belief. Now, that doesn't mean that a team wouldn't select a quarterback in the top 10. But the belief is, no one will. So the first quarterback, per his mock draft taken, is Kenny Pickett of Pittsburgh to the Steelers at 12th. Matt Corral, Ole Miss, Washington at 13. Malik Willis, Liberty to the Broncos with the 17th pick. And with the 19th pick overall, your New Orleans Saints select Cincinnati quarterback Desmond Ritter. Lions with the 25th pick will select Sam Howell out of North Carolina, that quarterback. That's Todd McShay's mock draft 1.0 top five quarterbacks. So, of course, I had to get Fletcher's take on that. So we're going to talk to him about... Uh, that here coming up at 115. But yeah, just, just telling you, is that, is that the route that you would try to go? You know how I feel, right? You're, you're absolutely calling 
Aaron Rodgers, but I thought was interesting, and I meant to mention this yesterday. Did you notice in the broadcast that Colin uh, Collinsworth was uh, mentioning in the broadcast, in the meeting that they had with Aaron Rodgers, that he got a sense and feel. I'm sorry, not Collinsworth, right? It was, uh, yeah, it was the Packers. So, yeah, it was the sense and feel, though, that that he was very happy. Or that 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 place meant something to him. That place being um, Green Bay, and they got a sense and feeling that he he may want to stay. I thought that was interesting. I thought that was interesting because if he you know if he does want to stay, that of course that takes that off the table. Do you try for Russell Wilson, or do you, if you're the Saints, go for that guy, Desmond Ritter, quarterback of the Bearcats? By the way, they'll be in the college football playoff New Year's Eve, so we'll get to see them. Is that what you want to do? Do you go with Winston? There's a lot of chatter this morning, especially when McShay was on ESPN earlier this morning, that Winston may have options. I know I think a lot of fans kind of sort of feel it's the Saints right now, coming off of a knee injury as rehab has started, but the Giants could be looking for quarterback. There's a lot of teams that could be looking for quarterback, and could be willing to offer Winston more than a year or two years. And is that what the Saints want to do? So it's something that we can discuss here coming up. But yesterday, Sean Payton in the afternoon took a look at the the the, the, the film and, and, and said the obvious here. When, when you get certain players back, like Alvin Kamara, Marcus Davenport, you have a little bit more confidence to Ron Armstead in winning the game. Coach was pretty sure that they were going to come away with the victory Sunday in New York. You know, we'd certainly gone through a stretch. We had lost a few, and I don't know. I, th- I thought we had a good week of preparation, uh, maybe a real good week, you know, or, or a good feeling as a coach going in just, um, you know, the significance of players like Karan, Davenport, and then Alvin. Alvin brings so much not just to the field, but there's an element of confidence that uh, that he brings with him and, and that carries over to the offense. Indeed. So we'll hear more from head coach Sean Payton, Marcus Davenport, Eric McCoy in the show here as well. Got to quickly tell you about DraftKings Sportsbook. It is going to come live to Louisiana very soon, waiting for the parishes and the state to kind of all dot the I and cross the T's in terms of being able to track things, right? But they're ready to go as far as DraftKings. And they want to hook you up before they go live by asking you to sign up. And then they're going to give you $100 in free bets for signing up today. No deposit required. That is a key. So, again, DraftKings, they're going to bring that experience as a leader in daily fantasy sports. Because I've told you about that for the first couple of months here in the fall. That they went ahead and created one of the best sportsbook apps. DraftKings Sportsbook. So, while they're preparing to launch the Sportsbook app, don't forget, you can still play for huge cash prizes with DraftKings Daily Fantasy Sports Contest. But as far as the Sportsbook app, download it today. Use the code LaRose, $100 in free bets just for signing up. And remember, no deposit required. Luke Johnson of the Picky Union Advocate joins us next. We'll talk a little black and gold. It's the Sports Hangover. Hour one underway on your home for Pelicans basketball, ESPN New Orleans.
Ready Gritter, New Orleans area. The big one, the great Southern Gun and Knife Show is coming for two big days only this weekend at the Alario Center in West Wego. Show hours are Saturday 9 until 5, Sunday 10 till 5. Hundreds of dealer tables available. Full of guns, knives, ammunition, holsters, gun, books, camouflage, jewelry and related items. Hunters and collectors, this big show's for you. Buy, sell, trade, or just spend the day browsing. Ladies are especially welcome. Admission is just $10 for adults and $2 for children ages 6 to 11. Sorry, no one under the age of 18 admitted without a parent. Got any guns to sell? Be sure they're unloaded and bring them to the show. Thousands of buyers will be there. Instant background checks available for gun purchases. The big one, the great Southern Gun and Knife Show. Show hours 9 to 5 Saturday, 10 till 5 on Sunday. Come to the Alario Center in West We go to exercise your right to keep and bear arms. While you're there, be sure to register for the $50 restaurant gift card. See you there at the big one. Sure as shooting. Don't miss it. Happy Holidays from Greg LeBlanc Toyota. It's a festive time of year, and you can celebrate with fresh new inventory arriving daily. There's great holiday deals at Greg LeBlanc. Amazing stocking stuffers like keys to the all-new redesigned 2022 Tundra. It may be cold outside, but these holiday deals are red hot and won't last long. Greg LeBlanc Toyota, South Hollywood Road in Homa, or online at GregLeBlancToyota.com. Santa may have the sleigh, but Greg's got the holiday deals. Shop now. As a leader in the oil and gas industry, Joe's Septic Contractors caters to oil field clients offering vacuum truck service for offshore tanks, vessels, or treatment plants containing sewage or gray water. Their rental department offers state-of-the-art offshore portable toilets, also holding tank rentals and portable hand-washing stations. Call Joe's Septic Contractors 24-7-985-632-5592. In Cutoff, Thibodeau, Fushaw, Abbeville, and Reserve, or visit their website at joesseptic at viscom.net. Got a hot take? Everybody listen up. Let's hear it. Call us at 800-998-1003. Answer that phone. Or tweet us at ESPN Radio NOLA. Now, back to the sports hangover with Gus Kattengill. Welcome back. Sports hangover. Head coach Sean Payton yesterday afternoon. I don't see that being a factor in how we prepare both, you know, for the game mentally and uh, I... It's a division game that, that's significant. That is Coach Payton, and it's just a little snippet of him talking about the team being 11 points underdogs to Tampa Bay in the Sunday night matchup. By Luke Johnson is the way to follow Luke Johnson over on Twitter. Covers the Saints for the Advocates and the Picayune. Filling in for Amy just here on this Tuesday. Luke, thank you for your time, sir. How are you? I'm doing great. Thanks for having me on. For sure. Um, I have a hard time buying he's not using that all that excuse, right? I mean, we all know the motivation factors, but I get it. I thought it was interesting that he said, I understand why, right, with the way the team has played, and they just snapped the five-game losing streak. Yeah. I mean, uh, you know, I, I think you, you look at both games this year, and it's they were an underdog at home. I think it was the largest home dog they'd been in a long time uh, when they played him a couple weeks back. Um, and, and you get it, right? I, I, Tampa Bay is playing at a very high level. Um, and, uh, you know, they're the defending Super Bowl champions. And, uh, and I think anybody in their right mind would be like, yeah, of course they're favorite. Of course they're favorite by a lot. Uh, the Saints are dealing with all this stuff. Um, but I, you know, I personally think that the Saints have shown in the last three times they've they've played in the regular season at least that they match up pretty well with the bucks mm-hmm. and even in that uh, that postseason game that they lost you know they had a couple bad bounces go their way that really um 
you know, kind of ruined what was what was up to the third quarter a pretty good game by the Saints. So, um, yeah, if I were a betting man, and I'm not, and of course I can't bet on the Saints at all, but you know, eleven eleven and a half points feels like a lot, even if uh, some other people within my own uh, to my own. Uh, yeah, newspaper department I don't agree with me on that. I think it's yeah probably going to be a closer game than, than the point spread is, uh, is saying it's going to be. Marcus Davenport spoke yesterday as well, and he was asked, you know, why does he think the team's had so much success against Tom Brady and the Bucks? It's crazy when you think about it, Luke. Tom Brady's, I think he's thrown a pick in every game, right, for sure, and there's some interesting stats that go with that. Yeah, I mean, look, I think the – the reason the Saints match up very well is, you know, maybe outside of this year, they've kind of traditionally been a very good uh, team at, at getting to the quarterback with four pass rushers, right? Mm-hmm. Um, that hasn't necessarily been the case this year, but I think they, they found a way to manufacture some pressures against Brady last time uh, in in a way that um, it, normally he's very good against the blitz, but I, I think they, uh, they found a way to kind of confuse him a little bit and make up for the fact that their front four hasn't been as uh, dominant as it has been in recent years. And then, you know, this is a defense that knows how to capitalize on mistakes. Um, since that Buccaneers game, they haven't forced a ton of turnovers, but I, I think just historically, you, even the last like four or five years, um, if there's a ball in the air and there's a, a chance to make a play on it, uh, they go and get it. You know, and I, I think yeah, they match up well against teams that, that want to stretch the field and go vertical because they have the athletes and they can they can go make plays on balls deep downfield. Yeah, they can get after the quarterback and force the quarterback into some rush throws. And I think that's they've used that to their benefit basically every time they've played this iteration of the Bucks, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and then offensively, you know, yeah, outside of that playoff game, uh, they've done a really good job of avoiding the mistakes that the Bucks have made, and, and they've you know they've had the short fields and and they've capitalized on third downs and the red zone opportunities and uh, and you know it's it's added up in their favor. Uh, they they just match up really well against this team. Now, I don't know if this specific version of the Saints will match up as well, just considering how many injuries they're dealing with, right. um, you know, especially on the offensive side of the ball. Um, but you know, you look at the last four matchups, eleven and a half points feels like an awful lot. We'll get to the offensive side of things here in a quick second. Speaking with Luke Johnson, by Luke Johnson over on Twitter, covers the Saints for the Advocates and the Picayune. On that defensive side, man, Davenport was a difference maker this past game against the Jets and Quan Alexander, two sacks. To your point, they're gonna they're finding new ways to create that pressure, right? Um, Sean didn't give us much of an update yesterday because he's not in the building when it comes to Cam Jordan. I, I'm 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 hoping and expecting right that he's going to be available Sunday night. Yeah, I mean that's that's I think should be the expectation. Um, you know, if if we can believe Cam, obviously we haven't seen him. He's, he's kind of spoken about this to a couple of people, but um, you know, he said he's been uh, asymptomatic the entire time. Um, he's vaccinated, uh, so it would be really really odd if uh, if he is asymptomatic and vaccinated mm-hmm. and still still needs uh, you know what is essentially a week and a half. Uh, to submit two negative tests, um, so I, I would anticipate he'd be out there. And, you know, for all I know, he might be back out there tomorrow. Um, and kind of the same deal with Mark Ingram, uh, two guys who are really important to them. Uh, even if you know Cam hasn't been playing up to his usual Cam Jordan levels, I, I think um, yeah, I think he had a pretty good game against the Bucks last time. Uh, he's a guy you want in your corner. Uh, so yeah, I, you know, I think they're they're getting some guys back. Um, you know, we'll see tomorrow what what it looks like with uh, you know, some people like Ryan Ramchek and Lil Jordan Humphrey and some others. Uh, Pete Werner is another one that I think you kind of want to keep an eye on. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, they're definitely more healthy now 
um, than they were pretty much at any point during that five-game losing streak. Um, and, you know, I kind of want to see what that looks like uh, because we haven't really seen that in a long time around here. Luke, uh, look, let's be honest. The, the offensive, where, where they are right now, the, just the, where they are, it, it's just tough, right? I mean, you're celebrating first downs and such, and you see the difference, my goodness, that Alvin Kamara made. 27 carries, 120 yards, a TD. Four catches, 25 yards. He says he's good about the workload. Eric McCoy touched on it yesterday when he was asked, though, is that where we are? Like, the, the Saints are going to have to run the football, right? I mean, that's how they're going to have to win games, shorten the game, take the air out of it, I guess, per, per se, keep Brady on the bench. Can they win games over the next four by winning on the ground? Because that's where it's going to be, whether it's Taysom or Inger McCamara, right? Yeah, absolutely. I think they can. I mean, they won five out of their first seven games using that strategy, you know. Sure. Um, but I, I think, you know, it's it's incumbent on, on the defense – uh, to not do what it did during that losing streak and start letting teams get out to a little bit, little bit of a lead, um, because it, it kind of takes away that strategy, right? And you have to start throwing the ball. And I think if you have Taysom Hill out there throwing the ball 40 times like it did against the Dallas Cowboys, it, it's a recipe for uh, disaster. Or if not disaster, then at least a loss. Um, but I, I think you know, I kind of wanted to see once it became kind of clear that Taysom Hill uh, was not super affected by this foot, whatever treatment they're doing with it has, has been working. Right. I, I mean, this is, this is absolutely the way to go. They have no pass catchers on the outside. Mm-hmm. They have two very good running backs and they have a very good running quarterback. And, you know, I think their offensive line is getting healthier. Um, so yeah, just run a bunch of quarterback power and, and, and read option. And, uh, you know, let Taysom Hill get out on the edge. And if there's an opening, let him scramble. Um, a lot of Alvin Kamara, a lot of Mark Ingram, mix those guys up, and, and I, I think I think that is a really good recipe for success. He, you know, even if not this week against the Bucks, the Bucks have a very good run defense. The Saints actually, I think, might have had the best game against them as a running team uh, all season this year. Um, but it, it can definitely work against the Miamis and Atlantas and Carolinas of the world. Um, and I think that's that's a strategy they have to go with if they if they start throwing the ball around to yeah I love the guys but Traquan Smith and, and Marquez Callaway and yeah, those those guys are, are not they have not proven this year they can they can consistently make plays uh, so you, you lean into what you're good at and and what they're good at on this team is is running the football and and playing good solid defense yeah specifically I think uh, yesterday somebody mentioned to Sean Payton the amount of times they ran to the left side as opposed to the right side. I'm assuming having Ryan Ramchick would also help there as well. But, I mean, you saw in the Taysom Hill second TD, Teron Armstead took his guy basically to the sideline. So I'm going to keep running that way there as well, man. When when you look at Taysom, he he, he nicked his wrist, right? Hurt his wrist there a little bit there as well. I mean, you wrote a little bit about, is he going to change his his method or his way? I my 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 problem with that is not even a problem. It's just that's who he is. I mean, that's what makes him effective getting on the ground. I, I almost cringe every time I see him play on a Sunday, Lou, because his arms are so scratched up, and the amount of red marks under the Crazy. shoulder pads on his arms, man, is is incredible, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, he looks like a gladiator every time he's stepping off the field, man. Seriously, I, I've never seen somebody who's just so clearly just like, gone to battle, you know, right. every single time, every <laughs> single time. Yeah, I, I just like wonder if he just like scratches easily or something like that. Uh, but no, I, I mean, you know, 
I, I asked him about that after the game because I, I noticed him like kind of looking down at his hand, shaking it out. He said, "Yeah, I took another hit, but like, you know, I'm I'm not going to change who I am." And I think that's mm-hmm. absolutely the right mindset, right? You know, outside of this year, um, as a professional football player who's been put in a lot of situations where he's banging himself around and, and playing a very physical brand of football, I, I mean, the guy hasn't hasn't been hurt. Um, and you know, I, I think obviously he's he's dealing with the stuff he's dealing with this year, but. Um, to ask him to, to change and to, to you know try to be Drew Brees out there instead of being Taysom Hill, I you know I think they're doing the right thing, just letting him go play ball. You know, if if he's good to go, and, and he said that, you know, if, if I'm not good to go, tell me. But if I am, I'm I'm going to be me, and I'm going to go out there and make plays with my legs mm-hmm. uh, and be physical. Um, you know, maybe even slide every now and then if it's if it's available. I think he did actually one slide this week, which is you know, probably a step in the right direction for him. Right. Um, but he's he's not gonna he's not gonna not be physical, and 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 that's you know to to the point we were just bringing up. They're gonna be this this pounding running attack. Taysom Hill is a huge part of that. Um, they gotta they gotta have him out there doing what he does, and uh, you know I think he looked really good doing that this week. All right, so that brings us obviously to what we'll see on, here on Sunday night. I'm with you. Eleven seems a ton, and I get look their offense is is doing well, but I almost get a sense too when you listen to Saints players, they they have a confidence about it. And quite honestly, it, it's almost like the Bucks have to prove that they can beat the Saints. As ridiculous as that sort of sounds, as they sit there at ten and three, but I think this is going to be a Saints team that's that's going into this game confident on Sunday. I'm with you. I think it's going to be a fun game to watch. I don't think it'll be a blowout by Tampa. Yeah, no. I mean, I mean this is something I brought up to a lot of people this year. This is a very proud football team. Right, a five-game losing streak was really hard for this team because they have you know, all these core guys, these centerpiece guys. That you know, all those guys from the 17 draft. You know, you get Malcolm Jenkins, mm-hmm. Cam Jordan. I, I mean, these guys have not experienced losing right um and they do not like they can say whatever they want they absolutely understand uh that they're an 11 point dog and nobody thinks they're going to win uh, they absolutely know that and 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 i don't think uh i don't think these guys like that right yeah. i think they're going to go out and and bust their butt man and i, I think they're going to be prepared for it um and and i know for a fact that sean payton is gonna it's gonna be having those guys ready to play <laughs> Right. Um, yeah, they they have a lot on the line right now. So do the Bucks, obviously. You know, but um, this is important, and these, these are these are proud guys, and uh, and I think they they understand, uh, you know, the, the the words that are on the wind right now, and uh, and I think they're going to use those to their advantage on Sunday. Yeah, no doubt. I definitely think that that's the key, man. When, when you look at it, Luke. Uh... I, we've been in the locker room before. We, we've seen different signs of motivation. They absolutely know what's going on. They absolutely know that. And at this time of the season, when everyone's banged up and they're battling the way they are, I have a hard time buying. They're not going to, you know, go with it. So, who wins, Luke? Who do you think wins Sunday? I still think the Bucks win. I, it, sure. You know, the Saints are just—they're really—they're uh, they're kind of holding everything together with duct tape right now, um, um, and. It's it's just it's hard for me to imagine that uh, this offense, even though I've just I've just been praising them, you know they they just they're so limited in what they can do, and uh, it's just hard for me to imagine them putting up enough points uh, to go toe to toe with the Bucks, even though you know Trevor Simeon led five scoring drafts against them, right? Um, I just uh, I need to see it. I need to see it against a quality opponent because doing it against the Jets is one thing; doing it against a, a very good Bucks defense is another. But that being said, I, I do think it's going to be. Uh, much closer game than uh, than you know, everybody's kind of calling right now. 
Luke, appreciate the time today, sir. My pleasure, Gus. We'll talk to you soon. Yeah, for sure. Go give him a follow over on Twitter at ByLukeJohnson. He covers your New Orleans Saints for the Advocates and the Picayune. Quick break. We come back. We'll go get the other side of things. Karen Loftus, NBC affiliate over there in Tampa Bay. She'll talk about what it's like to cover Tampa Bay. Tom Brady is having a little fun on Twitter as well. We'll talk about that next at ESPN New Orleans. State Farm offers surprisingly great rates on auto insurance. But what does that mean? Surprising. This often means something comes out of nowhere, like finding that $20 bill in your dryer. Great? Well, obviously, great means superior. Rates? Simply what one pays in exchange for something. And in this case, that something is State Farm being there when you need them most. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Individual premiums will vary by customer. All applicants subject to State Farm underwriting requirements. When you want the real deal, call State Farm agent Ashley Barrios in Cutoff. For more than two decades, Reed's Metals has been providing metal roofing, steel buildings, and all the accessories for customers to buy direct and save. Reed's Metals specializes in on-job, site-standing seam in over 20 colors, plus 26 and 29 gauge AZ-50 and AZ-55 Gavaloom, backed by a 45-year written paint warranty and a 25-year warranty on acrylic-coated Gavaloom. Buy direct and save Reed's Metals, located at 19 East Lincoln Drive, Northeast Brookhaven, or call 601-823-6516, online at reedsmetals.com. When you're sick, you want to be close to home. World-class medicine doesn't require a trip to the city because the best care is close to home at Thibodeau Regional. We're continually adding new services, and our team of physicians has grown to more than 250. That's a lot of doctors. More doctors, more services, treating more conditions. And keeping more families healthy. World-class medicine, right here, close to home at Thibodeau Regional. Can we talk hot sports? Real sports. Give us a hot spoonful of your opinion. Now back to the Sports Hangover with Gus Kattengau. I was re-watching the broadcast from last night, and I heard Tony say... Tom does that in the pocket all day long. That's the same thing he does to move people with his eyes. Because he's slow, right? He can't actually make someone miss. So is he not watching because... Oh, wow. Hey, yeah. Tell Peyton to jack my speed rating back up. Tom Brady. I love it. At Tom Brady on Twitter, you can see it having a little fun yesterday. His speed rating was 71. He wants it to be 93 after two runs. Bruce Arians, not so much of a fan of him running. Karen Loftus will join us now to talk a little bit about Champa Bay and Tom Brady at WFLA Karen's the way to follow Miss Karen Loftus who joins us this afternoon. Karen, thank you for your time. How are you? Yes, hello. I'm good. How are you? I'm doing fine. I love this I love this Tom Brady. I really honestly do. Don't I know Saints you? fans don't want to hear that. I love little things like that though. The amount of personality. I love that. All of a sudden he's Lamar Jackson though. But look, I think that personality that thing how he's how he is, I think it keeps it light, doesn't it? I think it helps the rest of the team. It really does. And, I mean, I've said it before. It's like we're just seeing so much of his personality. Like, Tampa Tom is a totally different person. And, like, going on the heels of, like, his running efforts, particularly in the last game. So, I don't know if you saw Leonard Fournette's Instagram story, but he posted a picture of Tom no. uh, when he was running to the to the juvenile song, Slow Motion. Slow motion for me. <laughs> Slow motion for me. And so – 
so Tom reposted it um, to his Instagram story, and he said, that form, though. Mm-hmm. So, like, literally everybody's having fun with it. And it's, like, the, the guaranteed fun question, of course, after a win with Tom is, like, you want to talk about your wheels? Mm-hmm. <laughs> I like that. Yeah. Maybe so not funny. so much for Bruce Arians, though, right? Afterwards, no, he said enough he of like, that. <laughs> yeah, he said that's enough of that. He's like, yeah, we're going to talk about that. Um, <laughs> yeah, and his, somebody else in the post game also was like, man, I was telling him to get down, get down. I forget mm-hmm. who it was. But the consensus from everybody else is like, oh, my gosh, please, no. Karen, obviously the expectations after a Super Bowl season are, hey, let's go back and try to do this again. And they did. Essentially brought back sort of the team really haven't had too many, I guess, off-the-field sort of things. I know they've had injuries like other teams as well. But how has this season sort of gone as we check in with you here in the second upcoming game against the Saints? Kind of to this point, a 10-3, and three, how's the Bucks season been? I think those the back-to-back losses, the Saints and Washington, you know, when you look at teams that, that end up doing well, they have, like, turning points. Like, last year for the Bucks, it was that Thursday night football Bears game, which was abysmal. And, gosh, even the Bills game, you know, like, coming down and being able to pull out a game in overtime when you surrender, you, you know, the Bills erase a 21-point deficit to force overtime. I mean, things like that, those, those, those bits of adversity um, are sort of a wake-up call. I mean, the Bucks have won four straight since those those – losses to the Saints and the um and Washington and they've cleaned up the penalties, which was big. Um tightening up turnovers, basically not beating themselves. And then they have gotten their players back. I mean their secondary is is healthy now. And and that's a big thing, you know, proving to themselves that they have the depth to win when their secondary was, you know, very thin. And then being able to get everybody back. Um you know, because we've seen Grunt come back. We've seen Richard Sherman come back. We've seen Carlton Davis III come back. All these little pieces are coming together combined with those two sort of wake-up games. Um, you know, it's sort of been the difference in this season. In, in this past game here as well, 33-27, I, you know, one of the things that I find it's just hard to sort of defend when things are going well it is the balance that they've had. You mentioned Leonard Fournette in his Instagram story. My goodness, I mean, if, if – you know, 113 carry, 113 yards on 19 carries of TD. You see him helping out in the passing game with screens, the run as well. It he's really, it's. I think it's almost one of the most underrated pickups by that team last year. Don't you think? Absolutely, and I just think he's been put in a position to thrive. And and he said this, and last season is it was a sort of come to Jesus moment where. You know, he wasn't getting the carries earlier because Rojo was the dude. And then it's been this slow build where he's like, okay, I understand my role in whatever capacity that will be. And when he came to terms with that last season, that if he only carries the ball a couple times a game, that's going to be your role, and it's for the team. But now when he's had his opportunities, he's ran away with it, literally. I mean, a, a game with four touchdowns, my goodness. So – you know, all of that demonstrated ability, just building his confidence. And then just the camaraderie in the locker room, having Tom Brady, you know, think you're a, a great player and the confidence right. he has in Leonard Fournette and the confidence that Bruce Arians has in him. It's been really neat to see him um, sort of like Tom. I mean, we're getting to see fun, fun Lenny, you know, like back to LSU days, having fun. 
Yeah, you know, and again, when when you think of the balance, and <clears throat> Karen, you remember, it used to be like that here in New Orleans when you had offensive yeah. weapons. Still, still kind of looking for a receiver over here in NOLA. But, look, Godwin is a thousand yard receiver right now, a thousand fifty four. Mike Evans, eight eighty five. He'll, he's gonna yeah. hit a thousand yards. And then Leonard Fournette has seven hundred seventy eight yards rushing. He's, that's a, there's a very good chance he's going to be a thousand yard back. You have a pair of thousand yard receivers, likely a thousand yard back. I mean, that, that's tough to beat. Yeah, and Leonard Fournette already has over a thousand total yards. He has more than four hundred some receiving yards also. He's the fourth leading receiver on the team behind Evan or, or Godwin, Evans, Gronk, and then Leonard's fourth. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, it's just crazy to think about just this, this wealth of weapons that they have. And you're like you just said, I mean, they're going to have two receivers that are over a thousand yards. Um, you know, with, I know they throw the ball a lot, but I mean, that's just in, incredible. I got a bit of a thing for Devin White. I loved him <laughs> coming out oh, of LSU. He, I, I, I remember, look, I remember that year in the draft, 4K made fun of me that day. We were talking about it on the show, like trade it all. I, I just, I'm looking at the stats here overall, 110 tackles. Yes. He leads the team yeah. in that. Three and a half sacks, five tackles for loss, three pass defenses. And I almost feel like it's been a slow year for him this year. Yeah, and it, it's so funny because like, he brings the energy every single game. And I was looking at his numbers, too, and it's just its incredibly impressive. I mean, um, Shaq Barrett's one who's really jumped off the page. But the Devin White, I think I, maybe he's not standing out as much because people just expect that from him. Mm-hmm. Um, like, that's, a, that's what he's bringing to the table. I mean, 10 tackles in his last game. He's just everywhere. I think one of the things and reasons I bring him up here as well, Karen, speak with Karen Loftus over in Tampa Bay, WFLA, is when I think of Alvin Kamara and his importance, and obviously you see what he can do just last week, and you know he's had a four-touchdown game and things of that nature or whatever it was. So I might, But Devin White seems to be the, the kryptonite to Alvin Kamara. He has the athleticism, the speed, and just seems to know every play the Saints use with Alvin Kamara. I, just, I close my eyes and think, when these teams play, Devin White is hitting Alvin Kamara in the backfield. As he catches a screen, as he's running the football, I just feel like it's a matchup that um, that that you don't see very often when Kamara plays. And, and it concerns me, if you're a Saints fan, because... That's this team's offense right now with no receivers. Yes. Yeah. And I think you're right. And it, I think for Devin White, I mean, it's just speaking to him as a competitor. And you see that a lot with guys who just have that, just just chomping at the bit. Give me the best guy and I'm going to get him type of thing. And I think Devin White just really, really gets excited, enjoys mm-hmm. that. And that's, you know, a position where he thrives is a situation where he's against and trying to stop one of the best players in the NFL in Alvin Kamara. Has, and I'm sure, obviously, tomorrow, when they get back to work, since it's an off day today, I'm assuming one of the questions this week to Coach Arians and the rest of the players will be, why the Saints have had, I guess, success against Tampa, especially with Tom Brady even there? Is it kind of, do you see a pattern? Do you see a reason for that success? What, he's thrown an interception in every game he's played against the Saints, and the Saints seem to match up well against them they really do and it's funny you say that because I was thinking that also I'm like they just seem to have the Bucks number 
But I mean, I, I honestly give give credit to Sean Payton. I mean, he he knows how to beat them, you know. And the last game, I think, was just very interesting with Jameis going out, and then I don't think anybody game planned for for Trevor Simeon, right. um, and then a packed Superdome. So I think you have to look at each of those games recently with Tom Brady and sort of take them individually. That it's not like one certain thing; it's like each game has been, you know, different challenges and. Uh, you know, like I said, credit to the Saints for the game plan and beating the Bucks and being able to stick to that the last game. Mm-hmm. But also in that last meeting, the Bucks had three turnovers, 11 penalties. And, you know, that's not really helping your cause in any way, shape, or form, especially when you're going up against a team that, you know, has Dennis Allen and, and Sean Payton drawing things up. Does 11 points seem a lot to you for Sunday night's game? And what do you expect to see Sunday? Oh, yeah, that might be. I think it is. Um, gosh, I think it's going to be close. I mean, the thing that I'm looking at is is how much can the Bucks score? Because 30 points seems to be their magic number. Mm-hmm. And they're 20-0 and 0 the last two seasons when they've scored 30 or more points. So... That's the thing that I'm looking at is, is, is can the offense be efficient and put those points up and even get some help from the defense, you know, not opposed to a defensive score to add to that point total. Mm. Um, but th- that's the thing that's really intrigued me is if they can put up um, that number of points. That's, that's a heck of a stat. Undefeated when you put up 30 points or more. Um, the Saints got 30. I, it, was, it was tough to get to that 30, though, Karen. It's a, it's a much different football <laughs> well, hey, team, I think. It took overtime for the Bucks to get thirty this last game, so there you go. You know, they were sitting at twenty seven, <laughs> but they still still did it. Yeah, always a chance. Thank you for your time, Karen. Enjoy uh the covers this week and obviously the game on Sunday night. Thanks so much, guys. I'll talk to you later. Karen Loftus at WFLA. Karen is the way to follow her over on Twitter, covers the Bucks for the NBC affiliate in Tampa. When we come back, Jackson Hayes, Trey Murphy the third. They had a second game with the Birmingham squadron. How did they do? We'll touch on that as the Pels get ready to take on OKC tomorrow. Schmidt Dua joining us here in our number three to talk about the report that Jackson Hayes could be available. Should the Pelicans be buyers and sellers? It's a question of the day. Go check it out at ESPN Radio Nola. Call us at 800-998-1003 and say hi to Buddy when he answers the phone. Sports Hangover in ESPN New Orleans. It's the Command Season Sales Event at Barker Kia, which means you can save on our entire lineup of new Kias. These Kias are packed with value and technology. Best of all, these new Kias come with our famously low Barker Kia price. Take a look at the all-new Ultra Sporty 2022 Kia K5, a rebellious design built to root a road with an 8-inch touchscreen and lane-keeping technology that all comes standard. Or drive home in a new 2022 Kia Sorento, the third-row 7-CD SUV that comes standard with family-favorite features like smartphone 
It's a great. And of course, we have to mention the all-new Kia Carnival MPV. The SUV-inspired van has a radical departure from the usual. Now that says it all. So come save during Kia's Commander Season sales event at Barker Kia. And get our famously low Barker Kia price. And you know all these new Kias come with it. Getting you a 100,000-mile powertrain warrant. That's Barker Kia at Homer. Or shop online at BarkerKia.com. Come see me, people. Warranty is a limited powertrain warranty. See Kia.com or retailer for details. On August 29, 2021, Hurricane Ida wreaked havoc on our community, leaving thousands of people feeling helpless, vulnerable, and desperate. We refuse to let insurance companies do the same. At AMO Trial Lawyers, we have assembled a team of not only attorneys, but also contractors, adjusters, engineers, and estimators with the focus of maximizing your claim value and assisting in your recovery. If you think your insurance company isn't treating you fairly, get a name that insurance companies know by calling 985 446 3333. I'm Matt Ori. And I'm David Ardwin. And we are the AMO Advantage. Welcome back. We've missed you. We know it's been tough. Because rebuilding your business isn't for the faint of heart. Your business needs a jump start. And we're here to help. Introducing Surge, symmetrical speed fiber internet from Etel Business. Revved up data speeds at 30% off, plus three months free. We're glad you're back. And we're here to make your business surge. Etel Business. Offer valid on three-year contract for two or more business services. What would you say you do here? Sports. sports. All day long. Hello, sports fans. Now back to The Sports Hangover with Gus Kattengau. Side to Harper. Rims out and a put back. Oh. Jackson Hayes again. Jackson Hayes, 30 points, 10 rebounds, 4 blocks in the first game against the Capitanes for Birmingham. That was last week. Last night, the Memphis hustle the opponent. Jackson Hayes, 17 points, 12 rebounds, 5 blocks, 3 steals. So he and Trey Murphy played last night as far as TM3. He had 18 points, 11 rebounds, 6 assists, 3 steals in his efforts in 34 minutes. Jackson Hayes played 35 minutes. Again, we spoke with Daniel Salerson last week when this came out, and we both kind of talked about how expect to sort of see that happening to get some minutes, A, and also, more importantly, to try to, I think, get the confidence level up on a lot of these players here as well. And the other thing, too, is, and you wonder, again, based on the report that we saw a little bit earlier today, Schmidt Dew was going to join us at 2.05. He tweeted about two hours ago. Uh, quote tweeted the Jake Fisher report on the latest trade rumors surrounding Ben Simmons, the Lakers, Nets, Pacers. In that piece, though, from Bleacher Report, he said the following. The New Orleans Pelicans, while awaiting Zion Williamson's season debut, are still expected to be buyers ahead of the trade deadline. With an eye toward competing for the play-in tournament, 30 or forward Jackson Hayes, the number 8th pick in the 2019 NBA draft, is now considered available for trade, league sources say. So it's our question of the day that's up there at ESPN Radio NOLA. Should the Pelicans be buyers or sellers? Is it too early to think about it from that standpoint? Again, the trade deadline is what, February, normally around the All-Star break. And I think when you look at it, from a perspective of it's February 10th, by the way, to be exact. So Feb 10th. Um, 
you just you, you you watch that highlight of the squadron last night, and you watch some of the highlights that Jackson Hayes has had. The athleticism's there. He's in his third season. How much more time is it to develop? Is it? Do you want to you know keep him around? At the end of the day, remember when you're trying to trade, you have to have something to offer. Right. So he is a commodity because you're, you're, you're trading the potential or you're, you're shopping his potential. And we've, we've talked about this, that, you know, we we're thinking of what is his game going to be? What, what should he be known for? And Daniel mentioned it, a couple of other people mentioned it too when I asked him this, to be dominant in the paint. Ali Cosell said, to be that guy in the paint. That highlight I just played was a missed shot but a put-pack dunk. Be that guy. Shot blocking. I like, I mean, again, I'd love to see this in the NBA when he plays, but four blocks in the first game, five blocks in the second game. Now, I understand it's two different levels, but is it, though? He's got the height. He's got the athleticism. I mean, again, minutes. He's never going to get starter minutes. Valanchunas is your starter. The problem why, again, Hernan Gomez, you can't take him out. He's a double-double. Double-digit rebounder. So is it, hey, go clean the glass. Use the athleticism to, when you're on the court, if it hits the glass, if it hits the rim, it's yours. Is it shot blocking? Is it that defensive presence? Because in that first game, when he got 30 points, 10 rebounds, 4 blocks, the highlights were spectacular. He was dunking all over the place. But we had Ali Kosell on the next night because he made the point. He also got benched twice in that game because of lapses in defense. So the team is definitely sending him there to regain that confidence on the offensive end. But what that tells me is their number one thing is He's got to be better defensively, not be so lost on the defensive side of the ball. But what do you think, though, about him reportedly being, you know, available, listening? Who else would you be willing to to part ways with if you're the Pelicans to try to get better? What is it that you're trying to get better in? What are you trying to buy, Pels fans? If you're a buyer, what are you looking to buy? Is it scoring? Is it backcourt help? What are you looking to buy? Is it depth? Like, is it you're looking to buy a big name? Or are you looking to buy something specific on the offensive or defensive end? I'm going to ask him here as well about what we talked to Jake Madison yesterday. The backcourt. Now, Coach Willie Green said in the Spurs game, he didn't think the guard play was that much of an issue specifically in that game against the Spurs. We had to say after the loss back on Sunday. Well, it's a we score mentality um, for our team. And I didn't, I don't think going into like looking at the stat sheet that we didn't get production from our guards. Um, we just didn't get stops in the fourth quarter. We didn't execute 
the way we are capable of, and it allowed them to stretch the lead to the point where we couldn't get back in it. But for three quarters, our team was playing well. We were moving the ball. Uh, some things that we can clean up fourth quarter just has to be better for us. Is it as simple as you're saying, look, just some scoring is what you would be willing to buy here as well? I mean, on the surface, Devontae Graham's averaging 13 points. Josh Hart's averaging 11 points, but he's only played 22 games. Devontae Graham, 26. Nikhil Alexander-Walker, 13.7. That's his average. Like, the numbers look like, hey, they're double-digit scoring averages. Is it more the consistency thing, though? Like, I ask you as a Pels fan, when you close your eyes and you think of the Pelicans' backcourt, comfy with it or not there was hope obviously that no would be that started the season as the starter he's no longer that is not somebody you're willing to part ways with look here's the thing the fact that the number eight pick overall from just a couple seasons ago is essentially available that you know that stinks you very rarely get to have three first-round picks in one draft. One could be available, and the other's inconsistent. But you have seen what Nikhil Alexander-Walker can do. Maybe he is good where he's at right now as the sixth man comes off the bench and does that. But if that's the case, you're still missing a shooting guard. Now, I know Josh Hart starts there, but again, I always feel, again... Josh is a guy that can come off the bench. It'd be a very nice bench unit. No, Hart. Hernan Gomez is the guy right now, but where where's Hayes get in again? Right now, if you put both players and Hayes and Hernan Gomez side by side, it's just it's not a comparison. You'd like to see the stats and numbers that Hayes is putting up in Birmingham. But that's got to translate to the hardwood in the NBA. But especially if Herb Jones is going to be in your starting five. I think he needs to be, right? He's one of those players you can't take off the court, if you ask me. The plus-minus numbers prove that to an extent. But him getting double-digit scoring is a plus in the mind, is, is a benefit, right? That's just a great. He's scoring as well. He's there for defensive purposes, just basketball IQ, the works. But that's one of five. You've got to get some scoring in that backcourt. So if you're going to buy, that's probably where you're looking at. And I, it's not Sato and it's not Temple. Hart, he has nice games. So is that where you're buying? I don't know. You tell me, Pels fans. Or do you want this team to be buyers or sellers? Coming to trade deadline on February 10th. The report today has them wanting to be buyers, it looks like, to try to get into that play-in game, that play-in seed, which is 10th. And they got some work to do with that. When you take a look at it, they're dead last in the West, eight and twenty-one. Right above them is OKC. The opponent tomorrow night, eight and eighteen. In the tenth spot <coughs> is Portland, eleven and sixteen. They're looking to make some moves right now there as well. So three games out of the win column, four games in the loss column. That's still doable, obviously. Um, when you look at it like that, five games rather in the loss column. As Portland's eleven and sixteen, and the Pels 
are 8-21. That brings our number one to a quick close. We come back, we'll hear more from head coach Sean Payne, Eric McCoy, Marcus Davenport as well. They spoke yesterday. Their thoughts on the win and the upcoming matchup against the Buccaneers. We'll touch on that next in our two of the sports hangover on your home for Pelicans basketball, ESPN New Orleans. Why do you have to stop 